So this kid says to his grandpa, Grandpa, can I have five bucks? And the grandpa says, what do you need five bucks for? He goes, I want to get a guinea pig. Grandpa hands him ten and says, get yourself a nice Irish girl instead. <laughs> oh. Hey, welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. <laughs> and that's some comedy gold right there. Uh, if you find that joke offensive, uh, you should. Uh, good. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can... Uh, Tweet or or email or uh, or post on our Facebook post on page. Facebook. Yeah, and Jacques uh, won't see it. I, I won't see it. Well, I'd see it on Twitter because I'm. It, you oh know, yeah, you're I, killing it on Twitter. <laughs> I actually like for like two days. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna not be on Twitter for two days and see if the world stopped. Weird enough, things kept chugging along. Yeah, I was actually considering on bringing you up on charges because you were killing it so much <laughs> on Twitter. Um, you're the OJ Simpson of Twitter. <laughs> If uh, if the tweet don't fit, you must. Die. <laughs> right. um, so let let's dive right into the happiness anniversaries, Joe. We had a we we talked about one anniversary last week. Oh yeah, and then there was uh, an anniversary this past week. Oh really? Yes. The the um, and it was great to see a couple that's been together so long that you know still have the magic. Yep. Uh, that still feel the swell of um. Of emotions every time they gaze upon one another's eyes. Right. Uh, and they go well out of their way to express it to everybody in the world how much they love their significant other. Yeah, I know. I love the Obamas, too. I mean, they no, really... No, no, no. It wasn't the Obamas. Oh. And it wasn't the French people and their love for Nutella that caused riots. I don't know if you heard about that. Nope. Oh, that's, uh, that's, Save that for later. They had a Nutella riot. No, the... the um, the, the people currently residing, the couple currently residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, celebrated their 13th wedding anniversary this week. Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. And for, uh, for a guy who seems to be more addicted to Twitter than, you know, 14-year-old girls are to junior high gossip, uh, no mentions by either one, no no well wishes to one another, no no throwback Thursday, you know, postings of, uh, of pictures of themselves together anywhere or mentioned from either one of them. Wow. That's um that's love. It really I mean what did go around is is well wishes from a lot of people to them with great uh I, I mean just great photos. My favorite one is uh it's pouring rain and Blotus is getting on Air Force One uh two steps ahead of his wife, which he usually, you know, um Holding an umbrella over himself, <laughs> like she's just <laughs> getting drenched, <laughs> getting drenched. Right. And it's like, is she also getting splashback off of his umbrella? Off his, right, like just the runoff. And it, it, it was, it was like, can you imagine, like, what Fox News would have done if it was, if if Barack, like you had said, had had you know done? But it's like, there's so many great photos where he is. He's like ten feet in front of her, or. Uh, like now, is he ten feet in front of her, or is she ten feet behind right. him? Why are we blaming him for everything? Yeah, exactly. Who's initiating the distance? I'm guessing it's Hillary. Yes, <laughs> or her emails. One or the other. One. Of, and so, uh, like, literally, it was one of those things where, hey, look, if you want to keep your private life private, that's fine. But you don't, you know. And then you tweet about absolutely, you know. Every- well, he doesn't tweet about his private life so much. He tweets about his innermost stupid thoughts. I mean, he never talks about his kids. He never talks about his wife. 
uh, unless she's selling a hat. Um, he never talks about you know his taxes. He talks about his daughter a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. He talks of his daughter. It, right. Um, but seriously, the guy who likes to take a victory lap on the most minuscule of like accomplishments, you know, uh-huh. you, you think he would say, you know. Right. Still married. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but, uh, you know, hey, happy anniversary to the happy couple. It makes me question if they're actually even married. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, she is a, an immigrant. Right, exactly. You know, With I mean. questionable status. Yeah, right. And, and my favorite thing that's come out of the news regarding her this week is I guess she has reached out to the Guttenheim in New York. And want, there was a Van Gogh that she asked if they could loan her for their time in the White House to decorate. Hmm. Uh, the Guggenheim. Uh, Guggenheim. Guggenheim, sorry. The, uh, Guggenheim um, was in Three Men and a Baby. Um, and he was fantastic. <laughs> he killed it. Uh, what a year that was for him. I'm uh, Yeah, I'm a troglodyte. You're lucky I know what a museum <laughs> is. Uh, but seriously, she reached out and wanted this certain Van Gogh that they have on display and wanted it to see if they would loan it to the White House. They said no. However, we do have an art exhibit we would be lending, willing to lend out. And I'm not kidding. It's an artist who had a like display of a golden toilet. And it was to represent like – uh, the absen- the absurdity of certain wealth and like Opulence. the 1%. Thank you. The 1% of the 1%. Right. The Vatican. <laughs> thank you. And uh, seriously, they turned around and said, we would be happy to loan this art exhibit f- from our museum to you, which she she declined. Oh, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> but it was. We have our own. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Two would be very tacky, Is darling. this 24 carat? Oh, not good enough. But uh, but yeah, I thought, and then you know, and then to continue the uh, the week of uh, uh, you know, she didn't accompany him on his trip over to uh, Switzerland this week, which was kind of uh, you know, the the same week that your wedding anniversary, your. Did she choose not to go? Was she afraid that like while she left the country, her status would be revoked. Or is she opening up like a anti-bullying museum in New York City <laughs> now this week? Of, is there a conflict or what? But do you, have you followed any, uh, what is it, DeVos? I, I don't want to confuse oh, it with Betsy, the DeVos? Betsy DeVos. Right, exactly. No, that's that's the summit. It, it's Oh, I it, know. I, you know what? No, I have not followed the Switzerland summit. It, yeah, and basically it's not a a bunch of world leaders getting together. It's uh, it's basically the true world leaders, like the richest people getting together, figuring out how they could squash the little people a little more. And the great thing is the, the press isn't afraid to press him over there and ask questions or boo him outright. Uh, and from the stage, he was asked some questions. He was I forget which question he was asked, uh, but he's like, it's all fake news. It's fake news, folks. And the media just... You could you could just hear it. It was was there hissing? There there was there was actual booze and hissing, and then you know he went on a, a little bit of a any diatribe. tomato throwing, any uh, rotten fruit, any you no know. no. Remember when the guy threw the shoe at George W? Yeah, what I reflexes? Wish we had more shoe throwing. You know, well he would the only Middle Eastern country would, that he set foot in was Israel. So, you know, he'd have to actually go to another well, Middle no, East No, he Arab. remember he was he was in Saudi Arabia where they 
oh, right. kissed his ass. Oh, God. Then, how, how quickly I forget. When he done. got to Israel, the first thing he says is like, yeah, we just left the Middle East and everyone. And, and truly, I don't know if, if it wasn't Sean Spicer, but it was somebody and like the cabinet around him. And there was that great meme who just did the, the, the face in the palms like, mm-hmm. this is the Middle East, you idiot. I know. <laughs> you know? And even everybody in Israel was looking at each other. It's like, uh, this this can't be real. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, shame on me for forgetting that magic moment. But uh, yeah, so it's it's more of him uh, getting the warm reception around the world, and of course, he's at the summit and he's talking about like you know higher tariffs and, and U.S. first his U.S. first agenda. It's like you're in another country with other world leaders, and it's like yeah, you're not playing to your uh, red state. I mean, how many people in 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 the states that really love him, like the Arkansas and Kentucky, have never? venture more than a couple hundred miles in either direction. I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of people in Mass that do the same thing. They're, yeah, but at least they're in a state that has books that get read. <laughs> but on a happier note, you have you been buried from the news or have you been following uh, the Olympic gymnast scandal? Yeah, it's it, it's pretty gross, and I love how the judge just handed it to him and uh, you know read back his shitty plea for... Uh, you know, he, he thought he was being treated unfairly. Did you hear that? Well, at one point, he he had reached out. He had written to the judge saying that he didn't want to be subjective to any more of the victims coming and saying their piece and, and the accusers having their moment to, in open court, you know, say what he had done and how it affected their life. And he said how hard it was on him to have to sit there and go through this. You're right. Why couldn't they cut him a break? You know, he already pled guilty on porn charges. I think he said something to the effect of, like, I had porn from September of 04 to December of 04, and I'm doing, you know, 60 years for that. You know, he should only be doing, what, a year? Because he only had porn for four months out of his entire life, or in child porn I'm talking about? Right, right. And the other, the other thing in his letter to the judge, aside from... How he emotionally can't keep it together while having to be faced by his accusers. And he also puts in there, but how bad could it be? Because, you know, they kept getting treatment from me. Right. It was it was like, you know, sure, what they said I did to them, maybe it happened. But at least I fixed her knee. I mean, right. nobody's... <laughs> right. Well, you know, and it's like, I did. I felt a little bad, and I thought the judge in the uh, Menendez brothers' trial should have gone easier on them, because after all, they're orphans. Yeah, I know. So, See? after all, they're orphans. Uh, they killed their parents. <laughs> yeah, I remember three, that. Four. But, uh, you know, th- but the sickening thing is that, and it's just been... Was it the uh, multiple counts of assault? Because that would be a pretty sickening thing. Th- well... The, is there something more sickening? The entire um, U.S. gymnastics board has resigned in like about 72 hours ago. There, mm-hmm. And they were getting pressure from everybody because people had come forward. And like last week, I went off on the rant, shock, shock, about the Pope and the scandal and him victim shaming when he was down in Chile a couple weeks ago. This is the same thing. Other people have come forward. And had been saying things for a long period of time. And forgive me for not remembering which one of the gymnasts. It wasn't Allie. It was one of the other ones just recently. Who it turned out, she came forward a few years ago. And they gave her a settlement to basically shut up. Here's money. 
We're going to... We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. And she has a non-disclosure that she gets fined. And I want to say it was like a $100,000 fine. I thought fine. it was like 500000 I remember you saying this. a bunch of celebrities have come out and said, we'll pay it. Yeah. It, it, for part of your healing, if you feel you need to go there and say this in front of him, say this in front of court, get it off your chest, put it out there. If it helps you, we... You know, or I will, and then other celebrities jumped on board and stuff and said, yeah, we'll pay this for you. I am so shocked, and I guess this is the nature of a non-disclosure agreement, but when somebody who's involved with the non-disclosure agreement is being tried for sexual assault, how does the non-disclosure agreement even still hold up? Like, why is it still valid? Right. And then wisely, the only wise thing it seems they've done is the U.S. gymnastics have come forward and said, "Yeah, we we won't hold you to that. Like we won't enforce." Oh that. yeah, I mean, they're, they're, this is a, a huge blow to that whole entire organization, and it's going to take them probably a whole Olympic cycle, if you know, probably a whole Olympic cycle to just reset and reboot and clean house, uh, start over, heal. Um, hopefully not go fucking bankrupt. And so in the wake of this as well as Michigan State, who where he that's where he was, you know, out of for years. And the athletic director, you know, had to step down and fought, and and you know, the president of the school or the chancellor of the school, she's like, Well, basically saying I'm a casualty because this has been politicized. It's not being politicized. Yeah, it's stupid. Dozens and dozens and dozens of these athletes had been subject to this monster. Under your watch, and the same thing with the Sandusky thing. You were told a decade earlier, a decade plus earlier, that this is going on, and you chose to look the other way because of the prestige that it came with the winning and the sports and, and all that. And it's going to be a long time. And I was talking to management today, and you know, there's been cries before about raising the age of Olympic. You know, athletes and stuff like this, because most of these are they are children. Like, yeah, we should make it so that when doctors want to sexually molest their subjects, they should be at least eighteen. At least eighteen, right? At least exactly. Be legal. Right? No, I agree. <laughs> Raising the <laughs> age of the Alta boys as well. Yeah. But but seriously, <laughs> this is a sport. And look, by the time LeBron James was thirteen, fourteen years old. Everybody knew he was going where he was going to fall in the draft in four years. And now and then you get these prodigies in every single sport, whether it's hockey, whether it's tennis, that somebody like 13, 14, you know, Bobby Orr was scouted when he was 11. You know, Gretzky, Gretzky was on the, the national and international stage when he was 10. He scored something like 283 goals in, in a 40 game season when he was 10 years old. But with the sports like gymnastics, you know, you're aged out by 18. Yeah. And, you know, most of these performers, it's a, it's a few fold factors. What these girls have to put their conditioning to in their training, the long term ramifications, like the. They're like wrestlers. Well, the, the young wrestlers. Well, the percentage of these athletes who can't have children because of what they do and the stress that they put on their body at such a young age. It screws them up forever. And I don't know what the solution is. I know these are problems in every sport. And it was a good 15, 20 years ago. It wasn't when you and I were kids. Uh, or maybe it started when you were when you were a kid. It wasn't around when I was a kid. But in baseball now, you can only pitch so many innings a week. It's interesting you're bringing up 
the age of most of the competitors in gymnastics because it's making me actually think, what other Olympic sports have such a low age limit? Right, where, where the stars, the biggest of the biggest the stars are 14, 15, 16. What other sports are there? Is it because it's mostly predominantly, and if not all, female? Is that why? I mean, are there other female-oriented sports in the Olympics where there are younger athletes than the average uh, in other sports? Yeah, because the men's gymnastics, they tend to yeah. be, like, college age. Yeah. Um, right. So... Is this sort of like all born out of some weird, perverted kind of thing where, you know, back in the day, you know, Olympic audiences wanted to see young girls do these kind of moves? I mean, that could be very well the case. I know in Qatar, they hosted the Asian Games in 2010. And the country wasn't ready to host something of that magnitude yet. And they'll be fine for the World Cup in 2022. But all the venues, they didn't have the same venues and and sports science and all these stuff. But the Asian Games did not draw very well. It was a big – they wanted to get on the world stage kind of before they were ready. The only events that sold out was women's volleyball – Oh yes, and uh, and gymnastics. Yeah, and, and and because it's such a repressed thing, you know, where it's like you know the athletes have to basically be competing. Right, this is the one Jordan. sanctioned burlesque show. Right, right. <laughs> so no, on a larger uh, scale, listen, and and look again, is it because of the flips or because like look, most of the gymnastics too, they're they're closer. You know, I'm not a big person. I'm five eight, and I tower over most you know gymnasts and stuff. And you're talking there, what? Five feet, you know, hundred pound, right. you, little girls. It would be hard for an adult woman to perform such acts. Pro- yes, but, I mean, they, you know, if they ability. develop breasts and stuff like yeah. that, it like the, yeah, right. Seriously, the mechanics and the and the balance. And look, I mean, I don't know enough about this to like literally go off too much, but I do know that the long. The, what they're doing to their body, and it's the same with boys, or the same with you know any athlete. They're starting to get smarter about that. You shouldn't be picking up a weight and, and bench pressing and squatting and lifting until you're 15, 16, 16. Truly, your body is developing. And if you start lifting too early, it doesn't make you bigger and stronger or faster. Well, it does to a certain extent, but until your body reaches a certain natural growth point, you're actually doing more long-term you know, damage to you. And – it doesn't matter whether it's a baseball dad, whether it's a hockey dad, whether it's a peewee football. Right. When you push your kids too much, too early, and these Olympians, these well, most Olympian athletes, that's their entire life. We're talking, and they make a living off. Well, they do, right? They they do. They they don't. Not you know. They're somebody else. Like how does right? How does a gymnast make? You can't make any money. Yeah. You can't be paid. I mean, they cash in on their celebrityism. Afterwards, Endor- yeah, they get the cream of the crop, get the endorsements, but everybody else is just like, okay, right? It's and you can't get paid before because, of like, you know, the Olympic rules, and I don't know how they work that it's out. It's like the NCAA college basketball, right? The the schools can make tens of millions, the coaches can make ten million a year, uh, but we're going to give you free tuition. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yes. get out there and get concussed. It's yeah. So slavery's maybe. Virtually abolished in this uh, world? I, I, no, that's kind of harsh. These are indentured servants. Joe. Okay, These right. Are indentured okay, servants. Uh-huh. <laughs> Completely different. But that's the thing. It's like, right? You know, should there be 
a compete age. Like what what Little League did to protect kids against their own wanting to be the next, you know, National League Cy Young winner and batting champion and ruin their shoulders by 14 or 15. Are you talking about putting safeguards in place to protect these children? Yeah, that'd be fucked up, right? And way fucked up and cost prohibitive, you know, and think of the lost revenue. So, you know, with the Olympic scandal, I mean, the fact that it's wiped out the entire governing body of the Olympics, which, good, the fact that all these people in Michigan State, but again, it's like the Sandusky thing. I don't know how anybody associated with Penn State has a job, had a job, let alone didn't do serious jail time because – Again, athlete after athlete came and they were told by either the Olympic committees or the school, shut up. Yeah. Do you, do you want to be in the Olympics? Do you want to shot at the Olympics? This is our doctor. He trains you. Just deal with it. That's why you pay lawyers on retainer the big bucks. <laughs> right. So uh, well, that- let's actually move off of uh, these gymnastics and talk about some, uh, some lighter gymnastics. Lighter that- gymnastics. So uh, I guess this week on The Price is Right. Drew Carey went down because of a overzealous fan who came on down up to the stage. Down goes Carey. Yeah. Down goes Carey. Uh, I saw the clip. It's pretty funny. I mean, it, it was, you know, it's kind of funny. It hasn't happened a lot more. I mean, has Bob Barker ever been? Well, he was taller and probably when Bob Barker would have Samoan women contestants come on up, and it happened, you know, occasionally. They had this custom where they would be they would be so happy they would literally like grab him by the waist and lift him off of his feet, like about a foot and a half, you know, higher than any white man has ever jumped before in their life. But and he would make reference to this. It's like, what is it with Samoan women when they come up, they have to lift me off the ground? And then he turns to Diane Parkinson and says, Why can't you do that in the bedroom? Whoops. No, no that's the that's clean living. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Drew Carey went down um, when the contestant came up. A woman grabbed him by the horse call. Horse call at him essentially, fifteen yard penalty. But you know, in true game show host fashion, the first thing he thought to protect was his microphone. Yeah, well, it's like it's one of those things I've seen my friend Dan Craig dragged to the ground before in in bar fights when it's unbelievable how his glass never (laughs) spilled a drop. I mean, here's somebody with zero athletic ability who it didn't matter. But seriously, Drew Kelly... And if you're an MMA fan, I would equate it to what's called the jump guard, uh, where you basically you grab the neck and then you put your you know legs around and you kind of pull down. And everybody who jumps up in the first few rows, but he did, he holds the mic up there like yeah. And um, I, you know, honestly, if he were a lighter Drew Carey, um, he probably would have broken a rib because I think he landed like right on the footlights. Right, right. It did <laughs> not look, but he got hey a trooper got yeah. right up. Yeah, and laughed it off, and you know that's just. This is how he rolls. That's Drew Carey. Went right into introducing what the prize was going to be. Yeah, the whole, and even the announcer was like, uh, A, uh, don't break our hosts. Or our set. Yeah, or our set. Uh, and if you do that, you may win this new car. <laughs> so that that was awesome. Have you seen something like that? Have you... Because, have I, how hasn't it happened? Because people come up and grab these hosts all... I mean, yeah. every game show host... Could be part of the hashtag Me Too movement. <laughs> no, I, I've seen. I, I think I'm, I'm sure there are YouTube compilations of old like '70s and '80s game show hosts who have taken tumbles because of contestants hugging them. You know, from winning a prize. I mean, Mark Summers on Double Dare probably had it the worst. 
because when families would win on Double Dare, they wouldn't just hug him. They would like drag him in down into the slime pit that <laughs> they had to go through in the oh. obstacle course. And this guy, and Mark Summers has OCD. Like he hosted Ooh. that show. Yeah. Every episode, like he would just get slimed or had a pie in his face and this guy had OCD. Um, oh, it's the same thing. Howie Mandel is a germaphobe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard a story about how he was re- renovating his house and he heard that with the contractors use his toilet. He asked them to replace the toilet. I 100% believe that. Yep. Um, well, did you attack Pat Sajak? No. No, see? Oh, no, no. Oh, no. I. Um, did you hug him? Was there physical contact? N- I shook his hand, I All believe. Right. And I didn't, and I didn't touch Vanna because I know better. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long after you shook Pat Sajak's hand did you wash it, or did you just put it in cellophane for a week? And well, just he walk took around? off a special like clear glove <laughs> that I didn't know game show hosts wear. Uh, no, they're all lovely people, lovely people. Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Oh, well, the, with that said, let's uh, let's the, have a defunct sponsor. Defunct sponsor, take us away. Now we're into Joe's wheelhouse. Right. So, match game. Now. <laughs> How's that local sport team? How's the local sport squadron? <laughs> and uh, so we are going to, I, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it, Joe. We're going to do a sideshow this week in preparation for Super Bowl 52 between the Philadelphia Eagles and my and your beloved New England Patriots. And by the way, you heard it here first because last week Jacques called the Super Bowl. That would be Eagles Patriots. I did. I was pretty close with the Pat score too. Yeah, you said uh, 24-13. Right, and it was twenty four twenty. Twenty four twenty. Right. So pretty close. Yeah. Um, I did not call the Eagles blowout. Before we get way too into it, another sports thing happened in Boston, and I would be remiss. If I didn't bring it up, because in the Patriots game, Rob Gronkowski got concussed. A guy dove, you know, didn't dive in his head, jumped up, helmet-to-helmet contact, knocked him out of the game early. He didn't get concussed. He got his bell rung. (laughs) Uh, He even got up, and he was like, wow. Yeah. You know, he is. He literally said, wow, twice. And it's one of those things. It's like, how can you tell if Rob Gronkowski's concussed? Uh, But with that said, you know, I was infuriated. All of New England was infuriated, and... You know, was it a cheap shot? Did it happen in the game? So that happens. So I would be remiss to not say Brad Marchant, my favorite NHL player, probably my favorite NHL player, probably Dustin Brown with the LA Kings and Brad Marchant of the Boston Bruins, my two favorite players in the last 20 years. I love both of them. Marchant is an asshole and he is so close to now being in a category with the name doesn't mean anything to you, but a Robbie Torres, a guy who is just a known headhunter. And uh, for the seventh time in his career, he's been suspended this time for five games. Here's the fucked up thing about Brett Marchant being such a cheap, dirty player. He's an all-star. 
He's a bona fide all-star. He has just been named to his second all-star team in a row. He probably should have been on two other, maybe three other all-star teams, but he's so hated around the league by fans and by other players that he hasn't made an all-star team before last year. He is so good that you can't leave him off the all-star team. Obviously, he is one of the best two-way players in the game. He leads the league every year in the last five or six years. He's probably been in the top two or three goal scorers, like shorthanded goal scorers. He's always, you know, one of the two, three leading goal scorers on the Bruins. He's won a cup. He's got to another cup. He is a great player. He's a great offensive player. He's a great defense player. I've been saying, I said it a couple of years ago, Ovechkin, who probably is the best pure scorer in hockey in 20 years himself, uh, two years ago, I think it was two years ago, he was one point away from being the only person in hockey history to lead the league in scoring and have the worst plus minus. Like, like he is such a defensive liability. What he did offensively is breathtaking and jaw-dropping, and he is just a scoring genius, but a defensive liability. And I said to people, I'd rather take Marchant on the Bruins scoring 20, 25 goals a year and being out there on the power play, being out there killing penalties, being out there in the last 20 seconds of games with defensive zone face-offs. He is just as good in the defensive zone as the offensive zone. And sure, Ovechkin is going to score 30, 40 more goals than him, but he's a liability. That's how good he is. So I can't sit here and say it was a cheap shot against Gronkowski and at the same time not put it out there that my fair player is a complete douchebag. And now... The league, luckily for him, is letting him play in the All-Star game because his five-game suspension is in the middle of the All-Star break. The last time he got suspended was two years ago for a similar elbow-to-the-head type thing. And he missed out playing at the Winter Classic at Foxborough Stadium. Hmm. You know, I mean, because it was the outdoor game between the Bruins and the Canadians, and he did not get to play in it. Well, of course you want to have somebody who has this much notoriety to be appearing in your marquee like aside from the stanley cup this is the marquee nhl game right I mean, we're, we're for, for a broad audience and the all-star game is fun and because yeah, they're not part of the olympics and stuff like that but still it's like why and, and, and look he's small he's five nine which is tiny for a hockey player he does get targeted i mean honestly a lot of his stick coming up and his elbows coming up is more self-preservation than it is, you know, aggressiveness. aggressiveness. It is. And so when he's in the corners, when he's in front of the net and stuff like this, but what he did the other day, and he's never going to get the benefit of the doubt. It's never going to be gray with him. Like, you know, if it's a reputation that's been earned. And so, you know, I, I can't sit here and say, Man, that was a cheap shot on Gronk. I can't believe that it almost cost us the AFC title game because you were taking away Brady's number one offensive weapon. The best offensive weapon in football, other than a quarterback, is Rob Gronkowski, and he missed two-thirds of the game because of the headhunting. Now, if you you see the hit in slow motion with Gronkowski, you know, Gronkowski's what, like 6'13? Yeah. Um, yeah. If he hadn't put his head down, he probably wouldn't have made head-to-head contact. Now, did, did, I mean, Maybe I'm seeing it differently. You know, the defender has, he's probably what, maybe six or seven but inches. But he left, he, he jumped. He left his feet. Did and, he? And, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I didn't, okay. But to your point, but it's the same thing with, with Marshan. 
in this case, Marchant is going to the net and the defender is trying to cut him off. And as the defender is reaching out to block Marchant, you know, from the passing lane and Marchant jumps up over his stick, he clearly puts his forearm right right up in the guy's head. Now, granted, the guy's four inches taller than him, and if he wasn't like leaning forward, maybe his elbow. But he but even though it was bang bang. And the same thing with the hit. Yeah, with Gronk's hit, but honestly, you you're not going to tackle him up high. Like yeah. you're not gonna tackle him by the head. So it's like and granted, like people say, Oh, well there's you know, if I go after his knees, I'm gonna I'm a cheap shot. So you know, you gotta hit him between there's, the numbers. There's no, right. And, and and two years ago in a game in New England against against Seattle, that knocked him out of the season. A Cam Chancellor, he he went up to catch a ball and he got him square right in the chest, shoulder pads, broke a couple ribs, knocked him out, punctured his lung. You know, and he not had. that I want that to happen, but look, you don't have to cripple a guy's knees or jump up at his head. Yeah. So, and again, I can't say oh. Look at this cheap shot who took Gronk out. Oh, by the way, everybody who plays on the Boston Bruins is pure as a driven snow. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. So Marshawn got a five-game suspension. And who was the guy who did the hit on Gronkowski? Because he got fined 25 he got to, Yeah, he got fined that. Um, you know where I don't think we're going to be seeing cheap shots like this? Where? The XFL. Oh, you're going to bring up the XFL. I'm going to bring up the XFL. You excited? Yeah, am I? I mean, I gotta wait a whole two years. Did you Did you see the announcement? No. You know what? It's funny. the 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 guy who wrote the book that we reference on our uh, random video game review, Pat Contry, he also does another podcast that's not gaming related, and he brought up the XFL. I just recently listened to it, so I listened to like twenty minutes on the Bastard. the minutia of the XFL. So anything we say here has already been said by the great Pat Contry, who you should listen to. Uh, but it's uh, it's interesting because it's all over the map and. Uh, it wants to be family friendly. Now, what what was funny about that is the last version of the XFL went completely in the other direction. It, they were going for stripper cheerleaders. Yeah, I remember. Of course, you the do. first the first week, and then and then second week, I didn't really watch too much. I you know I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun, and it was brutal. I remember one of the now it all it's one of those things where it's like what it only lasted one year. You know, we should next football season. Along with our this week in Boston Breaker of the USFL history, go do some XFL oh, stuff. Oh, wow. This year in XFL history. You, uh, no fair catches. Right. Well, they had to do that, that I guess, Halo, where like the defenders had to sort of like circle, kind of like ninjas in a movie. Like right. They circle the guy who's about to catch the ball and then they can attack. No fair catching. I remember that. They had this thing where instead of a coin flip, they basically put a ball on the fifty yard line and had like a scrum, a screw, like right, <laughs> had, had a player from each like team capture the flag, kind it, of right, thing. and whoever came up with the ball, team got the kickoff. And, and what's what's really funny, whether it was the ABA in basketball, or whether it was the WHA in hockey, or the XFL, they got chastised for being a gimmicky. League, you know, like the poor man's NFL or whatever. Um, but then, as soon as those leagues are folded, how many either teams, players, or rules came over? Uh, one of the things about the ABA in basketball: three point shot. And that, well, the ABA essentially merged with the NBA. right, right. Five teams came over. Same thing with the with the, the XFL. The XFL was run out of town on a rail. It was, but but the USFL, you know, we we talked long and hard about that. It was like, first of all. 
one of the things that was the USFL downfalls, Donald Trump. We all know that. No, but it was, it was successful. They had great players. They were doing well, but it— They got greedy. No, or he they, got greedy. He got greedy, and at the same time— the NFL, there was collusion, and the NFL went to the broadcasters and said, "If you you sh- can't show both." And the NFL was still the NFL, yeah. and so, and then when it went to the court, the court turned around and said, "Yep, they colluded. One dollar damage was awarded." Like the only, <laughs> I mean, like it's uh-huh. anyway. So what about this? But with the XFL, one of the things that was innovative is the camera angles. Mm. And you know that, like, now you see it all the time, come flying by sometimes, that camera on the cable that goes all the way down the field. Right, it's like the Madden video game view. If you've ever played Madden, it's behind the quarterback. You can see the play developing. That was an XFL I didn't know. I thought that was was an NFL innovation. Nope, nope. And and that was one of the things. They they were trying to innovate the game at the same time innovate how you see the game. Next you're going to tell me that they invented NBC it. I did. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, that's like, come on. I get it. I mean, some of the stuff that they do, you could have thought about doing 10 years ago, but you didn't have the render power to to do it in time where they do the 360 around the That's players. Awesome. It, it, and it's like- What about the one where they go into the the helmet of the quarterback? Did you ever see that one? They, they zoom in on the, the inside the quarterback and helmet and you can see- What they're seeing. Yeah. It's, it is crazy. And, and then in real time, and now like this past couple weeks, they're like, you got five re- receivers. And you can see all the roots being drawn out instantly and it's like whoa that's and it's a is it many trackers in the helmet is it many you know and again that you know there was a i don't know if you remember for a short time when fox had the nhl oh, on the national the, level the, the, that was annoying it was annoying you know we're talking about the, the fox stre- puck yeah the, the fox puck where you it would leave like this streak and the faster it went the redder it got Right, right, and and different sounds. Well, it was funny, like an NBA Jam version of. <laughs> it, it, well, it got too gimmicky. Well, here's the funny thing: it's like I don't know when it started, but with all the different networks, it, there was always a fight, or or the always the eye candy or the graphics, whether it be the scores or the different breakdowns. The funny thing is, I don't remember because it's been so long. Football without the first down marker. Oh right! Well, like, oh, you mean the line on the on, the, the on line the on the ground. ground? And a few years ago, they now started to put a blue line where the line of scrimmage was and stuff like that. And so they have know? the field goal line where they they have to get within field goal range. Jillion um, dollar idea, NFL. Find a way to project different uh, sponsor logos on the jerseys of the players. Don't don't. Because do it, it. they'll get there. Even in between plays, you can switch up the sponsors. Why aren't there? There should be advertisements on the grass. They, they stop because there <laughs> are. So, <laughs> uh, but but uh, but back to the XFL. It's so they got two years. They want to be family friendly. Um, they didn't say they're going to. They, they said it without saying it that players are going to have to stand for the uh, for the national anthem. Uh, no criminal records. They, they want high-character people and good players. Now, I'll, another shout-out to Pat Contry, who I mentioned. He brought up, I guess there was a reporter that immediately shouted out, uh, so what about Johnny Menzel? Because he has a criminal record. Yeah, DUI. Right. I think on his Twitter feed, Johnny Menzel said, XFL 2020, you know, hashtag XFL 2020. Like, he's on board for potentially being a star quarterback in the league, but, you know... 
Oh, well, okay. So he's a white guy. He he gets a pass. Right. right. No, they, we, we, we didn't mean white guys with DUIs. Yeah, we yeah. We meant yeah, yeah. Black guys with weed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, let's, let's, let's peel back the onion one more level. Let, let, let's go into conspiracy world. A lot of talk this week on the local and the, uh, the, the national sports chatter has been about, okay, so did, did, did Vince McMahon waiting for his opportunity to bring this back? Or was he watching like Blotus attack the NFL, make a huge thing about the ratings being down, make a huge thing about standing for the anthem? Because everything that he basically brought up, he's directly appealing to the people that Blotus is saying aren't watching the NFL. And this is what these criminals out there black people these low character people who don't love our military black people like like and, and are they specifically going after the the bloatus base i think you're right because we all know that donald trump has a history a kind of a favorable history with the wwe right oh right buddy buddy i mean how I mean, many wwe things how many smackdowns was he in the ring for? right i mean so you know obviously vince mcmahon huge trump supporter uh his wife by the way uh, yes oh my god now wait i'm confusing things now vince i haven't watched wrestling in a long time so this is vince mcmahon jr like the or is this senior? No, this is him this is this, this is a senior okay this is the end all be all the, OG, the wwe v- okay yeah. og vince mcmahon because there's a vince another this is vince mcmahon right. jr that runs the wwe and his, and his wife is you know a big a, a big try wanted to be politician in florida or is it florida where and, she and, ran and, 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 right and trump has been a huge backer right so so is it a, is it a coordinated thing or is it vince mcmahon seeing an opportunity that he opened now he's putting up a hundred thousand a hundred million dollars of his own money and here's the next level which isn't a lot apparently you know not, not the crazy thing in their world no um well, for, for a football league but well, I mean, he'll have other backers. What did he say? He's going to have eighteen. Was he going to get Papa John's? No. But he specifically is is going after all the people that that Blotus has turned off to the NFL. Now, here's the hysterical thing. Yes, the ratings are down a great deal in the NFL, a great deal across the board. Here's two fun facts about it: in the year 2017, worth a Google. 27 of the 30 most watched event in 2017 were NFL games. Right. Ratings are down across the board. Right. Ratings are down in the NFL because ratings are down in television. So if if you had 10 people watch an NFL game or a Sunday night football game last year, and this year, let's say you had eight, ratings were down 20%. Two fun facts, they don't count streaming into the viewing. So... How many people watched it on different streaming platforms? Secondly, how many people watched the Red Zone, watched the highlights? So the ratings for the NFL Network are great. Yep. Or great for what a the an- short. Long story short, the NFL is not hurting in reality when it comes to viewership. Right. So like we said last week, had, had the awfulness happen and you have Blake Bortles and the Jaguars play – the backup quarterback of either the Vikings or the Eagles, the Super Bowl ratings would be down. So instead of 120 million people watching, there'd probably only be 100 million people. It would only be the most watched show by 30 million people, not the most watched show by 40 million people. So depending on how you want to look at it, uh, yes, the ratings are down, but they're not 
Like, the NFL is not hurting. Is their revenue being damaged by said ratings being down? Not yet, but the next TV contract, you know, it mm. might it, it might take an effect. But at the same time, okay, NBC, CBS, ESPN might pay a little less, but what is Hulu going to pay? What is Netflix going to pay? Is Netflix going to get into the, the sports live, streaming? Yeah, I mean, Amazon would definitely be up for something like that. And they have. I, like, Amazon has been showing live games this year. Yeah, and they, they – right. I think Amazon is probably more on the cusp of being the leader in live streaming. It might be Amazon. I'd have to go back. One of the London games this year, only broadcast carrier – was Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's it's Amazon worldwide. But the funny thing is, it's like, you know, is Bloda's in on this? I, I don't believe so because he doesn't play the long game when it comes to this. But I think Vince McMahon saw an opening. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I think this is. I think there would be no rebirth of the XFL if Hillary were president of the so, United States. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because they have two years to figure it out. But at his press conference, it was, we're going to be all things to all people. We're going to have a faster game. We're going to have a family-friendly game. We're going to have this. We're going to have this. We're going to... Fewer penalties, maybe? How, so you're going to have a friendlier, a more safe game. With fewer penalties, maybe? One of the things that they're talking about is only 20 seconds, you know, between plays. So instead of 35, 40 seconds, play clock. Right. So so basically, you have to have a college hurry up offense, you know, kind of format to it, you know. So, and and maybe that's it. And, you know, less timeouts, less TV time. Well, he was, he said that in his press conference. It's like, uh, maybe. No TVs, no, no, maybe, maybe no commercials during the game, but a half hour halftime, mm-hmm. you know, and, and more commercials during halftime. But during the play of the game, there's no commercials, you know, so we just play the half and do all the commercials at the beginning of the game, after the game, in the middle of the game, but during the playing time and have a 90 minute, two hour broadcast versus a three and a half hour broadcast. Now, of course, we have to take Vince McMahon at his word because, as we know from his history in the WWE, he's always been pro player safety. Uh, if there's one thing I know <laughs> about professional wrestling and the safety of its athletes, nothing is more important to the uh, paramount. Nothing, yeah, it is paramount in their industry. But yeah, no, thank you for bringing that point up. I don't know, Pat Condry brought that point up. But truly, it's like, okay, let's go after the people turned off by football because the black guys didn't stand up for the national anthem. Let's go after the people who are worried about concussions and head injuries. And let's go after the people who... Do you want to start naming potential XFL teams right now, like the the Mississippi Burners? Or oh, the, uh, <laughs> um, I wonder if we're going to have a he hate me and um, uh, th- that that was a that was yeah, I remember a cor- I think it was a cornerback yeah. a- and he actually ended up going on and playing like four years he played like a, one or two years in the NFL went up to Canada for a year or two and then came back and played another three four years in the NFL so he had a legit career mm-hmm. um, it's not like the USFL where you had it, it, you know, like I said when they used to be uh, ESPN Classic. Whatever their Super Bowl was, uh, I think it was like Houston. It might have been Houston, Los Angeles, but it was Jim Kelly versus Steve Young and their first or their second Super Bowl. I mean, you had legit, legit 
NFL Hall of Famers playing in the USFL the first few years. I don't know if you're attracting that kind of talent, but when the ABA came out, you did. You had legit guys. Like, that's where Dr. J started. Um, in the WHA, like, you know, Biff was talking here a couple weeks ago, you got a good third of the Bruins dynasty from like 70 to like 74 jump ship and went to the WHA. So it's going to be interesting. Like if he's putting up a hundred million dollars of his own money, how many other people will jump on board? And I think he did. He said eight teams. Maybe. I don't know. I, uh, I'm just trying to think like, you know, the Alabama Confederates. What's interesting is do you go into markets where there's NFL teams or college teams? That's what I'm saying. Like, well, Right, because the South is predominantly college-oriented. And, and it's funny. When you talk to professional athletes or you hear people like the Atlanta Falcons, you know, who've been a, a one of the top third-tier teams for a good 20 years. They've been a predominant team, a couple Super Bowls, you know, playoff this year, a brand-new stadium, like a $1.5 billion stadium. They have a good fan base. They should go to markets where there are no NFL teams. But there are – but in the, but – their their second fiddle, you know, in, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, because of the college team. Yeah. Be- I mean, college football is the king there. The Atlanta Hawks, well, the same thing. The Braves can win a World Series. The Atlanta Hawks can win an NBA title. The Falcons can win a um, an NFL title. Mm-hmm. No, well, Brady's here, <laughs> and uh, but but they will all they're all fighting for second or third place behind college. So I don't know if it's better to go to a a market where there's n- no NFL but more college or, I mean, or no college because the college fan bases tend to be more rabid than the NFL. Well, think about it. They need facilities and what other facilities are they What do they use in the day? Do they use like arena league football for facilities? Oh, no, no, they they use they use like regular I think you know they use the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Okay. You know, they no, they used NFL Cuz right, it was off season, right? So it was just like, yeah, they needed to fill Time. They need to fill I mean, those seats I mean, during look, the look, I mean, honestly, if if the crafts thought so, right now the the crafts also own the um, the soccer team, the Revolution, mm-hmm. and I don't know what their attendance is, but I, I guarantee it's under ten thousand. You're going to say that the NFL owners are going to willingly subsidize the XFL? Well, look, if someone, if 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 the Patriots aren't, if if they're playing in April, May, and June. Or April, May, June might be an amateur cheerleader or southern <laughs> team. Uh, if they're going to be playing there and they want to rent the stadium for eight home games, and there's going to be thirty thousand people at at a you know the the new Boston Breakers of the XFL, and they're going to use like you know Gillette Stadium. What, what what the crafts be like? Yeah, we. I mean, they're just going to treat it like a Kenny Chesney concert, kind of like yes, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know, seriously. I mean, let's face it. Do the 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 L.A. Rams are building their new Mecca one point five billion dollar stadium, and one of their tenants is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers, and yeah, they're competing teams in the same yeah. market. But on the other hand, look, you know, here's eight more Sundays that will have. I know if the Chargers are good, thirty to fifty thousand people in there, mm-hmm. parking concessions, all that stuff. I mean. Same thing, the, the Jets and the Giants. You know, the Jets used to be a renter at Giant Stadium. You think Oakland would be accepting of an XFL team? That would, that's a great, because they're losing the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they, like you know, are we going to see a San Diego 
sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because it's like one probably the most popular XFL team was the Las Vegas team. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, yeah. he, now here's another thing. What if they? So just recently, by recently, I mean this week, the commissioner of the NBA has come out in favor of gambling, in favor of gambling on NBA games and flat out said, you know, the NBA wants 1% of every legal bet placed on basketball. He wants he wants gambling because he knows it happens. The action, essentially. Yeah. Like it, it, right. Just like he wants his cut. Right. I mean, what if the XFL was the same way? What if the XFL, like, you know, hosted its own, like, you know, gaming site, you oh, know? I mean, honestly, I think, you know what, to tie things back into Trump, it's probably going to be like, does, does Trump have any other, like, where are his properties? Like, where is his, like, is Atlantic City? Right, right. Florida. Does he have anything? Well, he was out? trying to build that one in Russia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Moscow. I think, why is the XFL only going to be tied to the United States? Or is it? Why? <laughs> yeah, why won't there? Oh, that'd be great to have like a, a Moscow Ruskies or something. Right, right. Um, Anyways, I think we've uh, uh, beaten this to death. The sports thing? So what time is it then? Um... Oh wait, wait! You know what? Before, um, do you want to do the you want to do the random video game review, or do you want to get into uh, to movies? Because you finally saw Last Jedi. I don't know. I mean, Last Je- honestly, to get into it would be to spoil it for our audience. We can't really. That's the thing. It's you been out for so, two months. Yeah, and, and I just saw it. Right, right. There are, could be other me's out there. No, no. Please, worse off. Please. There no. could be other people who have not seen Jedi who say, you know, if it's still in the damn theater. Sir, there's people here to see you from charities. Hey, by the way. Send I, them away. <laughs> there's much more needier people than me. No, no. They want you to give. Oh. So, but, um, yeah, like I wanted to buy Jedi tickets yesterday. Uh, you know, like when the, the the nicer reserve seating at the AMC theater and, and they didn't have the seats available, like the desirable seats, like all the good seats were still, were taken, you know, like there were people, still people going to see this movie. Like when we went to see it yesterday, um, you know, there were about a dozen other people. I mean, right now, I mean, it's, is it a top five, top 10 movie in the theaters? I don't know about top, maybe, maybe top 10. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe top 10. Yeah. I mean, it's still out. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, movies usually have what a three week, Right. Tops cycle. I mean, this has been out since right before Christmas, so like a week or two before Christmas. And, you know, that's like six weeks ago. All I can tell you as far as movies in the theaters now, um, on date night with, was it? No. I'm trying to think of who. My parents. Who took, you had a date with? My, no, my parents. <laughs> hello. My parents took. My little guy to see Jumanji. Oh, so I got out. I dodged that ooh, bullet. Wow. And I forget who they went to see Paddington with. So, oh right, Paddington Two. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So you know, I'm surprised you haven't seen it and then work backwards. <laughs> but uh, by the way, I've just seen Last Jedi. I'm working back to Phantom Menace. So okay, don't, don't spoil, spoil it. it. No. Uh, all right. Well, before we go into that, uh, can we talk uh, season two Stranger Things? Okay. I don't know. Thoughts? It was cool. I liked it. I liked that there was like a nice spoiler happy ending, uh, you know. And and you saw more character development. You're seeing these kids grow up, you know. You're seeing them like the last scene is, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to give away anything. No, it's it, it that's right. been out six months. Fuck it. Okay, so the prom scene at the end, or the dancing at the uh, end, the snowball, right? The snowball, right? Um, by the way, uh, it's the first time I've ever attended 
attended a middle school dance in my life is virtually through this. Oh, they were they were baked with us. Right. They, they no, were no, no, no. Huge. We had them. Oh. <laughs> it's the first one I've attended. I don't get the far side. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cute. It was like it was nice to see the like the budding relationships between well, the characters. What what is what is fun is cause season one, you know, Mike kept promised to take, you know, eleven. Now Jane yeah. to the snowball thing before you know it, it, it all went down with the demogorgon, right? And then so, she went to the upside down. Yeah, now it's yeah, come full circle. And um, I just uh, yeah, I like that Dustin is like you know just so great. Yeah, that and, and, by the way, that hair would have been awesome in '84. And it was so. I mean, they dude, they got the looks down. Oh yeah, L- like 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 their costuming and wardrobe. Completely nailed it. You would have thought that these people actually grew up in the 80s. You would think that. Uh, What's really fun, and and I could not suggest more... um, uh, Gosh, now I'm blanking on what... David Harbour? No, what they call it. um, Like, you know how The Walking Dead has the talking dead? Oh, Beyond Stranger Things. It's great. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's a really good watch. And I saw the first episode. You know, it's a kid who plays Mike. It's Eleven. It's the two brothers who... Millie Bobby Brown. Everybody knows who she is now. And and Jeremy... Jeremy, um, Who hosts the show? He was on Community. Oh, Joel McHale. No, no. uh, He was a principal on Community. Bald guy. Anyways, you see it. It's fantastic. And they were talking about the whole snowball thing and how, like, because seriously, there was a couple first kisses. All right. In in, in real life. Like, like their their first kiss kiss, was a, and which was really great. Is they their characters were having their first kiss, so a lot of that awkward junior highness pure was real. Yeah, you know, was really great. But it's great when when you know Dustin, you know, just getting striking out left and right. He's completely putting himself out there, putting himself out there. And then Nancy with the pity, uh, the pity yeah, dance. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty dance. But, but at she the was, same she time, was she really woman. likes him. She, yeah, yeah. She, she not you know thinks he's a great kid. Right, and right, right. And then the look of all those. Bitches right. standing off to the side. Exactly. Like, what are we missing out on? A senior is all over him, and we said no. Uh-huh. That, I mean, seriously, that was great. I can't wait for 85. And, and by the way, I uh, easy peasy. Sean Astin. Oh, dude. When Honestly, so my, my little guy is seven and uh, loves it. Oh, well, the funny thing is, like, because mm-hmm. we saw the Goonies this summer yeah. together. How great was it when he's looking around the room? And he's like, oh, it's like a treasure map. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. All those little yeah, Easter eggs. Yeah, those 80 geek out moments. Yeah, I love it. But um, I expected him to bite it in the final episode. I didn't expect it to be the second to final episode. Well, well, that's what there's a couple of those where they get you. And dude, how great was he? Oh yeah, no, he was great. Bob, that character. Bob, yeah, like he was like the nerd. Like his contribution to the group, I mean, was obviously massive. Like he mapped out the fucking entire lair of the Demogorgon. Right, he figured out where where that X was taking him. Yep, and um, but then like, you know, at the very end, like, you know, we have to reboot the system when power comes back on. Does anybody else here know Basic? <laughs> you know, and I knew what Basic programming yep. language was because I was a computer nerd back then, and still am. But I was more so then. And I was like, oh, gee, this is funny because uh, why would they even <laughs> use Basic to be running something so complicated? But you know, whatever. I mean, it was great that he worked at a Radio Shack. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Has Radio Shack been a sponsor? Uh, yeah, yeah. It has, yeah. No, and I don't know because it's not officially out of business. Right. Right. Um, no, but I thought I loved that he was the the tech geek, you know, who 
had things turned the corner, has he not died, he wa- he probably would have been cleaning up in the town because he was selling the camcorders and all yeah. like you know, uh, what w- what became like the big staple tech at the time. Well, that's and then that's actually speaking of camcorders, you see Jonathan who is always about still photography. Towards the end, he has like the JVC camcorder, and he yep. starts you know moving into videography and jumping, staying in. The Stranger Stranger Things world and jumping out of it at the same time. You saw Hopper is the new Hellboy. Oh, David Harbour is the new Hellboy. Yeah, that, and, that's fitting. And he uh, and he's a, and by the way, you know this as well as I do. He's killing it on social media. Oh my gosh, he seriously. I mean, girl reaches out to him and yeah. says, "How many retweets do I need for you to take my high school photo with me?" Right, and he said something low. It was like, like twenty. 20- Five thousand. Twenty five thousand was not a lot for the fans that are following him, and like I think it was like less than an hour or something. He got twenty five thousand. Did, did you read his his um, his oh, oh his uh, stipulations? Stipulations, right? Like, uh, he goes, yes, but I have to be wearing the school sweater and I have to be holding a trombone. <laughs> and and please Google this because. They're awesome. He's holding, you know, a trouble. And yeah. then there's like 10 different photos. Well, there's the AB. You have the two, like, you know, there's like the, the screenshot of the, the proposed stipulations. And then the next screenshot is the actual photo. And there he is holding a slide trombone. And then somebody said, you know, would you be the official at our wedding? Right. And he says, okay, I'm going to make this harder. 125,000 retweets. But, you know, it would have to depend on season three shooting and whatever. And then it's like. And I get to read a poem of my own choosing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but then it's just like two hours. Right. And he goes, God damn it, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it um, so, I mean, that was fun. That was awesome. And, uh, and back to him being Hellboy. You know, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I loved Ron Perlman. It looks like Ron Perlman. Like, whoever did his makeup, it's like... Well, they have similar facial structure. Not Ron Perlman, who, who, by the way, said he'll do a cameo when Hellboy freezes over. Uh, (laughs) So he's not How many retweets to get him to do a cameo? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, so so finally, you know, we get to talk a little uh, season two, Stranger Things. I think it was great. Um, one of the things that I was a little, I don't know if disappointed, at the beginning of the season, before the season started, um, there was posters. Uh, one of the boys got a t-shirt with eight and 11 on it. And mm-hmm. I thought eight was going to have more. Profound. A, a bigger presence than the two episodes. She might come back for season three, but I think she... Was very. I mean, she basically was the the bad version of what Eleven could have been. You know, like she she was a murderer, where she was like a vindictive murderer. Like she wasn't doing anything. Like Eleven's killed people in self defense. You know, big that, difference between hunting down the people who wronged you. And, right, and then but then but she also got uh, Eleven to open up and become you know a more mature. And also help her open up her abilities so that she could close the gate at the end. How badass was it when when Eleven comes back? When, oh. You know, when they're in the cabin yeah, and, and she then comes just in. Yeah, and hands up and it's her and she's like all decked out. You and know. it's, um, oh. Like she's out of a Pat Benatar I was going to say, I was going to say <laughs> Pat Benatar. I was like, am I going Pat Benatar or um, Joe Jett? Oh yeah, Joan Jett, Jesus. Joan Jett or or Pat Benatar. But she, she she just looked like a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. So if you haven't seen season two, <laughs> Stranger Things, what is wrong with you? And give it a while. Hey, I had to get around to it, all right? I have a very busy schedule. So, uh, Editing podcast. Yeah, no, we're still bummed because when I built the boys' game room for Christmas, I got him a Justice League poster, a couple Overwatch posters, 
every you know those poster racks that they have at Target and Newberry and stuff like that. Where you, you yeah, do, you just fan them. Yeah, all all even now we were there a couple of days ago. There's two great Stranger Things posters still sold out. So um, fail. Amazon. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you still going to brick and mortar stores? Get I, with the 21st century, man. No. Start eating some Tide Pods. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Tide Pods. Like, like, yeah, yeah. We, uh, that, that was on the list. <laughs> yeah, we should have covered that when Gronkowski Before was a top. Before Gronk, you know, got well, I didn't know he did a PSA. Oh, have you seen it? No, I didn't do uh, it. It's very simple. It's like, like Tide released it as a PSA, but I think Gronk's brother, Chris, probably, who follows me on Twitter... That's right. I'm followed by Gronkowski on Twitter. Uh, it's just him in a laundry room saying, no, 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 no. This is for the washing, not for the eating. No, and it's like it's this 30 second of him saying no, which, like I already said, it's like, how can you tell if he's concussed? And two, when he's the voice of reason. Yeah, I know. What kind of a world are we living? We are in the upside down. We are in the Upside Down, and we're also in a world that is going to do a random video review of the week. Okay, because it's officially Tuesday by now, because this has been a long podcast. Or a short one, depending on how I edit it. <laughs> so Jack's going to my... I'm not... No. Nothing. No, yeah, right. Not, anything in this section here. Anything that uh, is below the erasers, but not the chiclets. Um, so he just grabbed a game off the shelf. I see where he grabbed the game off of my Nintendo Entertainment System shelf. It's somewhere in the B's. I'm not looking to see what he pulled off. It's a, it's a, is it a baseball game? It is. Is it Base Wars? It is. Oh, it was a bases loaded game. I thought it was already up there. Oh, shit. I can't see so good. My eyes aren't so good. <laughs> is that? Yeah. Is, over there. yeah. I know. Bases Loaded 2, the second season. You know, it was the follow-up to the classic Bases Loaded. Everybody loves Bases Loaded. Jim owned Bases Loaded. I probably have Jim's Bases Loaded up there. <laughs> um, this was the, the, the sequel. It's probably not as good, um, but the overall delivery of the second season, I think, may not have been as good as the first season. It was the first game where you could see like the view as you would see it on TV from behind the picture versus like an older like Atari you would see the entire field like you couldn't even see faces on the Atari and then in the earlier Nintendo game, baseball games you would see it still top down where the catcher is at the bottom and you can see the entire infield um, and then there were games where you could see it from behind the catcher not the best baseball game on the Nintendo Entertainment System but had sound where it would say, you know, strike, ball, uh, you're out. And if there was like a bad call, there somebody would say, you bum. <laughs> <laughs> like it was weird. Um, but, you know, I would say this was a, a, a sufficient follow-up to the classic bases loaded game. Uh, I'm going to give it three stars. What did, oh. Pat, what did Pat give it? Interesting. Hmm, let's see. Pat Contry gave it three stars. Yeah, uh, same as he gave for bases loaded. It's uh, the second entry in this baseball series makes both positive and detrimental changes. Oh, see, no, no improvements. The original 12 teams are back with players and stats with strengths, weaknesses for both players, for players. And the full season pennant mode returns via password. Uh, behind the pitcher perspective for batting return. Uh, like the previous game, once a ball is hit, perspective changes. However, the odd choice to mess with the traditional fielding perspective by rotating it 90 degrees is unwelcome and disorienting. So, so uh, plug our, our sideshow. Um, I'll plug it, and at the same time, uh, we'll not 
be offended if no one listens because it will be a half hour of all Super Bowl talk heavily favoring the Patriots. I assume we haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> just, just it's a it's the Patriots. Eagles Super Bowl 52 preview show that you need. We, we will be talking a lot of the prop bets. Yes. Uh, you know, it, we, we, will, we will talk some of these prop bets on next week's. No, we no, won't because, this, but, right, no, right, no, right. this week's side show. But we, we'll record next week's. We'll record next week's Carnival Personnel before the Super Bowl, but it will air after. All right. But this week's Sideshow will all be about it. Stay tuned for all the updates on the Justin Timberlake prop bets, such as will NSYNC appear? Will there be a uh, wardrobe, wardrobe malfunction? malfunction? Will he I play, hope. Will he play a Prince song? All right. By the way. Um, he better end on Let's Go If he ends on Let's Go Crazy, yeah. that stadium will lose it. And by the way, I'm actually looking forward to the halftime show because i i don't listen to justin timberlake music like regularly but when he's on and he's entertaining he's awesome yeah i mean saturday night live alone jimmy fallon gonna be part of you know because they're related like like is he flying to minnesota when you see and and i could not strongly more strongly suggest watching jimmy fallon and justin timberlake's history of rap oh right that's great but um and they've done like three versions he's done like two or three of them is this nbc it is NBC. Jimmy Fallon will be there. Yeah. Oh, right. Duh. So, so, well, no, you know what? Then you better place a prop bet. So stay uh-huh. tuned for that. My parenting tip of the week, Joe, this week, I went on my oldest son's field trip, his third grade field trip to the Museum of Science. I strongly suggest going on your kids' field trips and getting to see all the other kids and stuff that are in his class and have a real appreciation that, yeah, your kid might be a handful, but man, there's a lot of douchebags in his class. <laughs> like, like honestly, you know, being on a bus, like, first of all, I, 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 buses have always been like, you know, zoos on wheels, still no seatbelts. Interesting to this day, there's still no, no, no seatbelts, but man, what a miserable experience it was coming back. You know, there was small groups. There was groups of three and stuff like that. I totally played up like the cool dad thing. Like there's a ride inside the uh, Museum of Science that you have to pay extra for. And Grayson's like, can we do that? I'm like, sure. You know, I mean, Ah. like they're 12 bucks and they think, you know, oh, you got the coolest dad in the world. Because like the other chaperones, like let them go to the gift shop and get like a dollar. Like, you know, that um, rock candy science experiment crap that they make. Uh Uh, But seriously. Seriously, uh, it was great that I went, being involved, all that good stuff. But at the same time, you get to really understand when he comes home and says, oh, my God, this kid was a dick today. It's like, oh, yeah, You're he's right. a dick. You can bond over the bullies and shitty people that he has to Or, or tell him, out. you know what? Hey, I get a call that you knocked his block off. I'm, I'm good with that. Right, right. He gets a little get-out-of-jail-free get card. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a great parenting tip. And if I were a parent, I'd give one, too. Uh, Jacques, any final words? Just uh, don't forget to follow Joe and the show on Twitter. But more importantly, do not forget... 